0: Tech Talk talk. with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk.
1: Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we'll hear how VR is being used to help the neurodiverse in Irish classrooms. Cartier Ireland will talk about the range they have and the work they do we will have our small business shout outs. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at Jess Kelly NT. Later in the show, Derek Riley will have some top tips for keeping your EV running in the freezing cold temperatures. But we're going to start today with an incredible project that landed in my inbox this week and it relates to technology, education and neurodiverse uh, teenagers. Vijay Ravindran is the co-founder of a company called Florio and Fiona O'Donovan is the vice principal of Satanta School and they're with me now to explain it all. Uh, You're both very welcome to the show. Vijay, if I can start with you, just tell me a little bit about Florio.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you for having me. Florio is a virtual reality system that allows us to create a virtual world for the neurodiverse to be able to gain new skills That can translate to real world success?
3: Uh, Virtual
1: worlds, uh, in some people's minds, you know, they think of gaming or they think of, you know, those uh, roller coaster experiences where you sit on a chair with a headset and you feel like you're going on a roller coaster. People may not fully understand and appreciate the different benefits to this technology. So, could you just guide us through uh, some of the ways in which it can help those with neurodiverse conditions?
2: Yeah, uh, the, the neurodiverse um, often face challenges in social skills, life situations, safety. And so in virtual reality, we're able to create worlds that can allow for practice that is repeatable. Um, those practices can occur in immersive simulations of the real world so that they get a context for the learning in a way that's very difficult in a classroom setting or a therapist office setting, or even in the home, um, the learner or child is able to uh, experience what uh, a version of the real world is like, be able to develop strategies on how to think about the, the types of uh, you know actions or sequences or behaviors that are going to work in the situation and the florio system takes that virtual reality uh, environments that are being created and combines it with a way for a supervising adult such as a teacher um, or a therapist to be able to join them and provide live coaching to be able to puppeteer some of the characters so that we can create some of the social dynamics that lead to new skills And to record a lot of the data that's available so that we can build uh, the most efficient lesson plans to help them get to their objectives.
1: This seems like a very safe way to introduce different scenarios because sometimes it, it can be overwhelming, I suppose, to bring people. You know, even me, I get sort of social anxiety sometimes when you walk into a big crowded room, it can be a bit overwhelming. And you can't really just leave that room straight away, whereas doing this in a VR space seems to be a much more delicate way of introducing the sensations. And I'm sure you'd agree and maybe you could explain further that the beauty of VR is that it's not just what you're seeing, but it's also your hearing and it triggers different sensations. You get feelings in your tummy, you know, it it does trigger, it gives you that full body experience of what a real life scenario was like.
2: That's right. so in in virtual reality we can we can create the environments both visually and from an auditory standpoint we can create some of those sensations you get in pressure. but one of the beauties of creating a virtual environment is you can also stair step the child to what yeah. the real world is like. so you can start simple and what we have found early on with the with building the technology was that, children were able to focus more in a virtual reality environment than the real world. The virtual world does not have the level of distractions that um, sometimes experiencing things for the first time in the real world have. And so we can can stair-step those skills. We can create uh, an environment that is is encouraging and reinforcing rather than negative potentially at the beginning and anxiety-inducing. Ultimately, some of these skills simply don't have, you know, safe ways to practice. Otherwise, when you think of crossing the street, you know, I can tell you how to do it. You know, I get I could I could walk with you to the street and practice. But ultimately, if I get it wrong, if the learner gets it wrong in the real world, it's it has severe consequences, potentially mm-hmm. um, in VR, we're able to simulate traffic, we're able to create the sounds that the traffic signal makes and the, and the pedestrian crossings. And all of that um, can be observed by the supervising adult, the coach, so that uh, strategies can be put in place. Practice can lead to confidence that they can handle the skill before we expose them to the real world.
1: I want to bring you in here because um, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, your role and how this technology is being implemented and also benefiting those that you engage with.
4: Yeah, thanks, Jess. Um, well, I suppose we're a school for teenagers aged twelve to eighteen years of age, and you know they've already gone through the primary school section. So we're constantly trying to find ways to keep them motivated. Um, and with teenagers, finding something like Fior or Florio was it was exciting for us because a lot of our guys spend a lot of their time in the afternoon when they go home playing their video games. Um so being able to bring that into the school to teach some of the lessons and as educators ourselves previously like it's very time consuming to create lessons we do a lot of role play um, and you can exhaust that there's only so much role play we can do within the classroom and setting up environments like using our school hall to create um, pedestrian crossing and you know arts and crafts to create our traffic lights and whatever else um, setting up a shop etc all of these things we have role played we have created over the years so to have something like Florio take away some of that prep work for us and create this enthralling environment for our students they're excited and to take part in the lesson now so for me how it works in my classroom is I've tried it within the classroom but my room is just too busy and loud so we just step outside the room where we have another space and seeing the guys engage, there's always two of us working with them and seeing them engage in the lesson um and taking time to stop and listen um it's it's really exciting um and the feedback from our boys as well is they're like they're encouraged by it one of my guys one day was like i'm looking forward to the next step what's what makes this harder for us now um so to hear feedback like that from some of them was really positive um, some of the other students in our school or in my class that may not be as academically able I like that I can as Vijay mentioned earlier on the lessons start small so the progression can be slow and sometimes we need that because our guys learn through repetition so I could spend a whole year working on crossing the road because there's so many steps involved in it mm-hmm. um, you have to think about you know choosing the correct place to cross the road looking left and right continuously looking left and right so the steps that can be up to 12 steps involved in crossing the road putting on the headset it's taking away some of these things that we have to preempt all the time when we're trying to practice in the real world um so as I said for us it's been great and taking a lot of prep work out of it for us and just making it a bit more exciting for the guys do you see and you kind of alluded to it here but
1: do you see a development and a benefit from using this type of technology versus the, the the previous way that things were being done. Is it possible to compare the two?
4: Um I suppose maybe if I was to speak about the younger age group and if it was trialed in the younger age group, you know, from three years onwards, definitely I can see with our guys that there is progression. We're very early on into it. We're only like maybe eight weeks into our 10-week program. Um but I am seeing the benefits of it and I think it would be very exciting to see like a junior school get involved and, you know, try it with their kids uh, working their way up with it. Um, As I said, being able to simulate an environment within the safety of our classroom is a huge benefit. And it just opens up more opportunities for us, like the airport. I have a student going on holidays at Christmas time and we'd spoken about this and he finds it overwhelming. And the last time he was at the airport, he got sick because it was just he was so anxious. So we started working on the airport with him um, two weeks ago. And it's the conversations we had afterwards with him then as well that we were like, okay, let's try that again. Um, So being able to create or to replay that lesson two or three times to help prep him and explaining it to his mom and also offering her some supports to take with her then um it has been really like and he's 18 years of age so yeah. to have something like that which was like oh I've never thought about this before that's mm-hmm. brilliant so we were able to do everything from like handing over your luggage to check in that's not something we could have created in the classroom to a certain degree yeah but like not all the sounds and noises and the check-in guy speaking to you and handing over your passport all of that um so I do feel confident that he's a bit more prepped when he leaves us actually he's going on holidays tomorrow so when he leaves us tomorrow mm. I think he's a bit more prepped for the airport um so yeah I do agree I do see benefits of it I would like to see it introduced in like a junior school and see how that goes over the years
1: yeah and Vijay, as Fiona was talking there, you've a huge, big smile on your face. It clearly matters to you. You know, it's not enough just to create a great product. You're obviously doing it because you want to hear the stories, like Fiona's classroom, and and hearing the students benefiting from this.
2: Absolutely, I, mean, I think the the you know the company started from a very personal space with my own experience as a parent of a child on the spectrum and the challenges that. You know, basically, you know, happen on a continuous basis as they progress through life. I think the other thing that Fiona mentioned that uh, to me uh, is a really important point is that uh, the lessons we develop in Florio um, are a starting point, not the start and the end of the learning that's possible. So when we create the context for going through airport security, we also and teach some of the basic skills and prep preparation. We're also creating a context that allows a teacher to talk about other aspects of the airport when to potentially introduce language interactions and uh, uh, storytelling and and other types of social engagement. So um, sometimes uh, to help unlock, I think, some of the potential of the child creating these new environments reduces their anxiety, gets them comfortable, triggers uh, an ability for them to uh, explain and engage in ways that you haven't seen before. And, and we hear this all the time when we talk to our customers that um, the lesson started here, but then the teacher took it to a new place by then scaffold, using that as scaffolding and building on top of it. And, uh, and that always gets me really excited because I think ultimately part of the design of Florio is that it's not just something you give to the child and walk away from. It's actually Uh, a launching pad for the teacher or therapist or parent to be able to help their child get to a new level.
4: I was just going to say, building on that as well, um, like it's not just the student that benefits from this. It's their extended family, because I suppose when we have students starting with us, when they come in at 12 years of age, we're hearing stories of, oh, he's never been to the cinema. He just, he can't tolerate it. Or we don't go to shopping centres or we haven't been on a family holiday in four years or something. So I think through the continuous repetitive work that we do with our students and adding this extra element in, we're opening up the world to not just our students, but to our families as well. So we've had feedback from families where it's, we can finally go to the cinema as a family or we we've we planned a trip. Um, So having the virtual reality on board to teach all these extra elements has been fantastic for us.
1: Yeah, I think it's incredible. Um, I just want to get a little bit nerdy for a second about the platform itself. Uh, What goes into building the different scenarios that you create and how much of those scenarios are not necessarily dictated to, but informed by teachers and professionals like Fiona in terms of their feedback?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So we take the clinical outcomes and efficacy of florio very seriously it's why we have invested as much as we have on uh, research early in the company and continue to invest in research to show that um, children are able to gain new skills that generalize in the real world and uh, stick Um, one of the other things that we're really proud of is that um, about 95 percent of the catalog of over 200 Lessons now in Florio have come directly from teachers like Fiona and therapists. After they see the power of virtual reality um, with the content we already have, their mind gets going, and they're able to say, "Well, this is the challenge I have with my kids. Can you use VR for that?" So the majority of lessons have come from the requests of the customer community as we've built up uh, more and more usage. You know, we have over 120 enterprise customers today, and. They're constantly giving us feedback on things they would like to see, and the list is near limitless. When we decide to build a lesson, we have an in-house clinical team that includes an experienced therapist, a neurodevelopmental pediatrician, a psychiatrist, um, multiple people with both uh, therapy backgrounds um, but also lived experience backgrounds, where they're adults who have are uh, autistic, and so. Um, The combination of our team allows us to build um, and design new lessons that uh, are outcome focused. Um, We often model real world therapy techniques that are being used, and then translate that to virtual reality and make it fun and engaging and using animation, but grounded in some of the techniques being used in in modern therapy. Our team includes uh, artists and animators who are able to then bring those to life as well as software engineers who are able to implement um and you know we uh, we build our technology much like other 3D gaming companies would except with this uh learning purpose instead of uh instead of a gaming purpose and and then our system today is deployed on uh mobile virtual reality and then use our coaching console runs on an iPad today
1: It's awesome. And again, just to reinforce the point I made at the top that, you know, VR is often boxed in as being one thing. And I think this just shows that there are real life benefits to it. I've heard, you know, I was in uh, Yorkshire a few years ago with the West Midlands police, and I heard how they're using VR to simulate, you know, emergency response. Uh, So first responders and so on, or if somebody is caught speeding or drink driving, they have to go through a VR simulation to hammer home the point. And it's because it is so close to real life and it does, does, I suppose, seep into the brain of the person going through the experience far greater than watching a video or reading a document. And to see the educational benefits for the neurodiverse, it's just incredible to see what you're doing. And Fiona, I I just want to come to you finally. In terms of tech in the classroom, I know that a lot of people have a lot of thoughts, um, both parents, kids and teachers. But would you be an advocate for this type of technology that goes through all of the layers and professional input from the people that we just heard Vijay mention there now?
4: Yeah, like, listen, the world that we live in now is tech. You know, we have to be... They're with them. We have to be to keep our students engaged. We have to be you know, on board with all of this. Um, it is an expensive project for a school to take on, um, especially a small school like ours. I mean, we have 65 pupils in our school coming from a wide geographical area. So I suppose for a small school like us, um, we do find the funding part of this difficult. So it is something that we would have to work on going forward. To make sure that we can embed this into our curriculum properly and that's the hope that we would have as a school to properly embed it and ha- expose it or open it up to other pupils in our school um should finances allow um but definitely i think the benefits far outweigh the negatives of this you know we're seeing the students engage we're seeing them being pulled in by it wanting to engage in it um and asking you know, for the next lesson. What's next? Where can I go next with this? Um So as an educator in a classroom, this is very encouraging for us. Um Obviously, look, there's always going to be people who are a little bit intimidated. I know I was intimidated when I first started with it, but I think Florio's team here in Ireland or their partners here in Ireland, Ivy Capital, have been amazing with us and their engagement. Also, the team that I'm connected with from Florio their weekly, um, their weekly updates to us or their weekly check-ins with us, I find invaluable. Heather is our person and any question we have, and sometimes before we even ask the question, she's in saying, I noticed you have difficulty with this. How, do you, how about trying this? So I think that is encouraging as staff using this um, mm-hmm. product.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible project and I'm excited to see the next iteration of it and continue to hear about the impact that it is making. Uh, Fiona O'Donovan, Vice Principal of Satanta School and Vijay Ravindan, the co-founder of Florio. Thank you so much for joining me here on News Talk. Now, when we come back, Derek Riley is going to have some top tips for keeping your EV in good nick in the freezing cold. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. I don't know if you noticed, but it was kind of cold this week. Uh, I was Baltic and thankfully I just had myself to worry about. But if you are a vehicle owner, uh, you may have had a number of issues, whether it was with the tyres, whether it was the battery acting up or just something getting cold, which is never ideal. Um, And we thought it was a good time to talk through winterizing which I'm sure is an official term your electric vehicle Uh, and Derek Riley the general manager with Nevo.ie is with me Uh, Derek how are you?
0: Very good cool colder yeah Mm -hmm. for sure Uh Um, and yeah we're getting a lot of inquiries through the website of people going I bought my EV and I was told it would do this range but it's not happening that way and in the colder weather I'm noticing a bit of a difference so we said we'd have a conversation about the reasons why and what you can do about it.
1: Yeah, this is something that I think we touched upon before about the different uh, factors that can impact your range and the vehicle performance. And, you know, I think you gave examples because we always, you know, when you're reviewing a car, I'll always say, okay, and what's the range on this? And you'll give a figure, but you always kind of have that caveat of that's what the manufacturer says in the conditions that they tested it. It could be different if you're in the Sahara versus in Dublin versus the north pole and um, so just talk to me about what impact the cold like the severe cold has on an ev and
0: uh, i'll start off with the very basic of the chemistry of the battery needs a kind of a sweet spot, not too hot not too cold a kind of a goldilocks zone where the battery chemistry itself performs to its optimum um, and so in ireland for the majority of time we are fitting within that radius and the, the WLTP, the, the, the range test that manufacturers give is probably on the warmer side, the warmer climates, but in the colder temperatures, uh, you can probably take about 15 to 20% off the range that you were currently or were getting during the summer months and so straight away you'll notice when you sit into your electric vehicle that the range that it's estimating is much lower than what you'd get during the summer months because of that battery chemistry isn't as warm and toasty and able to give as much range as what we're used to.
1: Okay they, obviously in certain parts of the, the world this is an all year round issue. Here in Ireland thankfully you know, it can get cold, but it's it's rare enough, I suppose, that we're reaching the temperatures that we're at now. So what will drivers and owners have encountered over the last number of weeks? Like, I think I saw a temperature of minus six at one stage. So talk me through what would go on there.
0: Yeah, so what will happen is the battery will actually give a readout as to what the range will be. So no matter whether it's minus six, it's six, it's 16 or 26, the battery will say, OK, because of the temperature, this is how much range I'm able to give you as an EV driver. If we drive on average, uh, not too fast, not too slow, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So it starts to learn exactly how you use the style of driving, how Jess drives, or mm. how Derek drives, or however whoever drives, and then it takes that average driving style and then understands the temperature, understands how much capacity it has, and then regurgitates a figure to say, okay, this is gonna get you. So depending on the car, depending on the style of driver, depending on the battery percentage, so there's a huge amount of factors. So we could have both the exact same cars. We could be the neighbors, Jess, but Mm. because we have different driving styles, you may get a bigger range or a smaller range than I do. So there's a lot of variables and that's where people start to get a bit worried about, oh, I don't wanna go electric because there's like, the same thing happens with a combustion engine vehicle. But because we're used to a little needle that goes between 0 and 100, we don't recognise how driving styles change in colder weather. The combustion engine vehicle isn't as efficient as a battery electric vehicle, same. And so we're probably just getting, because we're getting so much data and we're, we understand more, it's, it's of a concern more to people. So there are a couple of things that you can do as an EV driver to help minimise the effect that cold weather can have on your range.
1: It's incredibly cool. And just to sit back for a second and appreciate the technology that's obviously in these vehicles to be able to understand driver behaviour and to be able to calculate based on driver behaviour and based on the temperature what the range will be.
0: Absolutely. To to understand, to be able to say exactly yeah, with a fair amount of accuracy that my car at 100% with this temperature and with me driving it the last week so it knows my to know the range that you're going to get it's it's a work of magic you know really and and so yeah the positives are very much there but people get freaked out when they get into a car one day and they see 400 kilometers and then a month later they get in and they see 350 kilometers they go hold on a second here what is going on and so that's what we wanted to have the conversation about.
1: Can I ask my weekly stupid question? Um would a small thing like we've spoken before about how a lot of these cars and not just EVs but cars in general have, you know, apps that go along with them and you can do things like, you know, heat the seats up before you leave the gaff and all that kind of jazz? does it, heating the car before you set off, will that do anything? Is that on your list of tips or have There's, I just made that up? This not a
0: stupid question, Jess. This is you listening to me over the last number <laughs> of years and it's by through subliminal, I don't know, what's the word where you absorb it? Oh, anyway, osmosis. Anyway, osmosis osmosis, by osmosis you're picking up. So yeah, this is the start of it. What can I do before I even leave my house that can help me uh, not eat into the battery and give me as much range as possible? So we'll start off with what we call preconditioning the cabin. And that is, you can, on the app on your phone, these are all benefits of electric vehicles that you won't get with a combustion engine vehicle. The majority of them won't have this option. Jess can sit in her house the night before, heading off to work in the morning and say, I'm leaving at eight o'clock in the morning. I'd like the cabin to be at 22 degrees and the battery is going to be full.
1: We've spoken, and again, as much as I've listened, I also forget the answer to this question. Does the preconditioning of the cabin Does that drain the battery? So, for example, if somebody lives in an apartment or somewhere where they don't have their own plug and so on where they can charge overnight, say if I'm on, you know, 80% when I get home and I want to precondition the cabin for tomorrow morning, will that drain my battery while it's doing that?
0: If it's not plugged in, yes, it'll take okay. the energy from the battery because a traditional uh, combustion engine is very inefficient. And one of the things that it does is it produces a lot of heat because there are many explosions going on in the engine. And so it, it's able to take that heat and heat the cabin. So you're kind of getting a byproduct of a traditional combustion engine as well as all the pollution and all the rest of stuff. Whereas in an electric car, you if you say, I want to heat the cabin you're telling it, okay, we're going to have to turn on some elements. We're going to have to heat up. We're not getting a byproduct from anywhere else because the electric motor is so efficient. There's very little heat that comes off it.
1: Okay, I understand. Uh, So uh, preconditioning is obviously, it's very, very beneficial because not only is your car going to be in a better nick, but you're also not going to freeze your tush off when you get in. Uh, What else is on the list?
0: When you get in, if you haven't been lucky enough to precondition, rather than turning on the heater and the fans and turning it up to 25 degrees and blowing and trying to heat the cavern uh, itself, using the heated seats and using the heated steering wheel and just heating you is a much more efficient way of actually heating. If you're driving a large SUV, there's a lot of volume of mass of cold air that you're trying to heat. So what you'll find is EV drivers will turn on the heated seats, turn on the um, heated steering wheel because they're the touch points of what you're physically Mm -hmm. touching. Once they're toasty warm, you actually then your own body heat will heat the cabin on 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 a regular day or on a colder day. So being smart about how you heat the cabin is, uh, is hugely important as well.
1: That's really interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, little tips like this.
0: And what we're finding is in even warmer climates, we're finding EVs now that have cooled seats. So, again, rather than trying to cool the whole cabin, you've got air conditioned seats like the new Kia Niro EV. Uh, and it's not even an option. It's standard. It's part of the actual equipment that you get. And you don't pay any extra for it. So, uh, as much as we've all heard of heated seats in the past, and I know we're a long way from having warm days. But having mm. cooled seats is another option that rather than, again, than cooling the whole cabin.
1: Uh, Just to go back briefly, just on the app and stuff like that, is this something that's only for the notions models or, you know, are there options or things that people with like not a Tesla can do?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Lots of electric vehicles have these options now with apps that they can preheat. Now, and some of them that don't have apps, you can actually go into the actual infotainment screen and set it to say, "Okay, tomorrow morning I'm leaving again at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock. I'd like the cabin to be at. So if if there's no app, you have the ability also to potentially do it via the infotainment screen and setting it up the night before or on a schedule, you know that Monday, Wednesday, Friday you go into the office, you can set that into. the. So older vehicles also have this functionality as well.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. Is there anything else on this super helpful list?
0: Yeah, there's other stuff like planning your route and with Google Maps, one of the most recent updates, you can tell Google Maps, I'm sure other mapping platforms as well have this option that I drive an EV. And then when you put in uh, your starting point and your destination, it will give you a couple of different options. This is the fastest route, but now it also has the option of this is the most efficient route. So it starts to understand, okay, I'm going to put you on national primary roads, which is a slower speed limit rather than on uh, the motorway because a motorway on an electric vehicle, because you're going to high speed, you're not using regenerative braking. It's not as efficient. So even though it might take you three minutes longer, it might be 10% more efficient to go this other route and Mapping uh, platforms like Google Maps have the ability now to show you the most efficient route rather than the fastest route. So I think those things like that are really cool. But also, when you're out on the road as well, Jess, and you might be doing a longer journey, you might have to stop somewhere by using the satellite navigation that's built into the actual vehicle, it knows battery percentage it knows where you're going to stop and it knows in the colder weather the battery needs that Goldilocks warm kind of a setup and if it knows that you're going to stop in Atlone at two o'clock it'll start heating the battery before you stop and charge so that it's able to take m- more charge at a faster pace so you're not stopped as long so preconditioning the battery for charging en route is another big thing that's happening within the EV space as well.
1: It really does come down to education and getting to know the car a little bit better and getting to like I find I was in a taxi the other day and it was an e v and I was just watching on the monitor uh I think it was one of those toyotas you know the way they display on the on the monitor of, of like where the where is using the battery and when the energy is going back in and stuff like that. I find it fascinating that you can understand the vehicle to that extent, but also the vehicle can understand you and your habits to make it like, not just during the cold weather, but in general, you're getting more efficiency from your battery, and you're also just being a smarter driver.
0: And that's what it boils down to. It's understanding the data and being able to say, okay, if I turn on my air conditioning to heat up or cool down the cabin, be it in the summer or the wintertime, it's going to lose a lot of the energy. And I know with the Mustang Mach-E from Ford, uh, and I did a review of it, and you could see on, like you're saying, on the actual infotainment screen, it broke it down. Uh, uh, driving is going to take this much energy, heating or cooling is going to take this much energy, uh, lights and auxiliary services, are, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera, are going to take this much potential of your battery. So becoming a smarter driver and understanding where your energy is being used, because. There are going to be times where you're going to need, do you know what, I need to eke out an extra 20 or 30 kilometre range because I just got caught off guard or whatever it may be, and the ability to change your driving mode. So I don't want normal, I want to put the car into what's called eco mode, and that will restrict some of my heating, that will maybe take back some of the throttle, which you don't need potentially because you want to prioritise, I want to go further. So it's really, really cool that these vehicles are able to give you this information and then you can then as a driver, you can decide how you want to drive. You can stick it into sport mode and tear up the road if you want to uh, and chew through your battery. But the, it's what we're finding and talking to EV drivers is drivers, more educated drivers, that's, what, that's everybody what we all want, to become a more educated driver and to be a more efficient and effective driver.
1: Mm. I was thinking of you the, the other day. I saw a thing on TikTok because that's how I spend most of my life now. And it was somebody who has uh, Tesla, I don't know which one. And because the weather was so bad, they couldn't open the doors because yes. the handles were frozen over. And when I say I laughed, I howled. It was one of those like design 101. But I believe there was an update that now... Like there's some form of update that will defrost the handles or you can press the app that'll open. It'll like rather than the handle having to come out, you can go into the app and the door will just pop open, saving you the hassle.
0: And that's again, so as much as we're always learning in different scenarios, the fact that you can over the air update the vehicle to be able to do this kind of thing to make it more efficient, to put in a feature, whereas with a traditional electric, uh, traditional combustion engine vehicle, it comes out of the factory and it is what it is, it gets older, it gets staler, the, the software doesn't get updated on it, whereas one of the benefits of electric vehicles is definitely that over the air update and the ability for the manufacturer to say, okay, there's an issue here, but we can solve, solve this with pushing over the air. So when that car parks up in a Wi-Fi zone or even via the SIM card that's built into it. So yeah, definitely there's, there's benefits to it, but yeah, I'm glad that you're thinking of me watching TikTok
1: I'm telling you kid, that and the dances uh, if you want more information and tips like this you can head on over to nevo.ie but don't forget to uh, go over to YouTube and watch Derek's reviews of the different uh, vehicles Derek just remind us of the YouTube channel
0: EV Review Ireland it does exactly what it says in the tin
1: fabulous stuff well thank you so much for that uh, have a lovely Christmas and we will chat to you in 2023 thanks Jess Tech
0: Talk with Jess Kelly
1: Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, I'm sure you've noticed, uh, but Christmas is just around the corner. If, however, you're still on the hunt for some good gift ideas, I wanted to share some brilliant businesses on this programme. I put out a tweet last week asking for small businesses if they wanted a shout out and if they want to come on and tell us a little bit about who they are and what they do so you could support local this Christmas. We're going to hear from a number of them in just a quick second, but I wanted to give a special mention to Monaghan's Kashmir which is situated on South Island Street in Dublin city center. They have stocked the highest quality cashmere for over 60 years. It's a family-run business. They have a huge number of brilliant, stunning uh, Christmas gifts for everybody in your life uh, it's just absolutely stunning but now i'm going to turn it over to you so these are the people that got in touch with the program to tell us all about their businesses
5: hey everyone my name is David Hartigan and i'm the founder of hemp heroes hemp heroes is an award winning irish seed the shelf hemp company which manufactures a range of healthy hemp based products in county wicklow we offer a wide range of products for both humans and pets including a full range of cbd products cosmetics and superfoods. If you're looking for some last minute Christmas ideas for loved ones or for the furry family member make sure to check out our website hempheroes.ie or you can follow us on Instagram at Hi
2: there my name is Maeve and I run a little business called the Irish Whiskey Stone Company based in Kinvara County Galway. I design and sell whiskey stones which are cubes of marble that you put in the freezer and then use instead of ice in your drink. Some of my designs include boxes engraved with old Irish road signs, Aunt Jilly's gin stones and our bestseller which is Father Jack's whiskey stones engraved with his favourite expressions. You can find me at IrishWhiskeyStoneCompany.ie.
3: Check out the new Lifestyle Mobile Tech Stand called The Crib, a pyramid shaped fabric tabletop beanbag stand. Designed to prop up your phone, e-reader, iPad or tablet to the perfect viewing angle with screen tapping stability and hands-free comfort for when you're browsing, reading, streaming or simply video chatting. Designed and handcrafted in Ireland with sustainable filling, recycled fabric and made by an Irish social enterprise workforce that gives women a better future through sewing. No need for a sugar bowl or butter dish or pile of books. The crib will prop up your device and give a little bit of comfort you don't know you need until you have one. From 29.95 buy now on www.thecribs.ie from Select stores in Dublin or most Three mobile stores nationwide. Hi, Jess. This is Claire from Second Street Bake Shop. We're a confectionery company based in Cork and our flagship product is our Toffee Brittle. And Toffee Brittle is a thin, long slab of buttery toffee that's coated top and bottom in smooth, velvety Belgian chocolate and then finished with fresh Atlantic sea salts. That's all available from our website, secondstreetbakeshop.com. Thanks.
0: My name is Peter Costello
3: and I've developed an educational jigsaw game called Sumstart for children between the age of three and eight. It teaches them to count, add, subtract and multiply. It is played on a colourful
0: board that has 10 slots of different sizes. There are over 130 different combinations to fill the slots and every one of them will be right. This helps to build confidence in the child.
3: It is a very simple but yet very effective game. There is nothing like it on the market at the moment. It is made from eco-friendly material. Check it out on sumstart.com. It can be delivered to you in two days.
1: Yeah, that was a whistle-stop tour of some of Ireland's small businesses. Some excellent gift ideas there, I'm sure you'll agree, and plenty of food for thought. But if you have someone in your life worthy of a big present, or maybe just to treat yourself, I have another suggestion for you. This time, it's a Carter device, and I'm delighted to say that Lee Holzman, Head of Retail and a cleaning expert at the company, is with me now to talk through the different devices they have and how to find the best one for that person in your life, or indeed you. Uh, Lee, you're very welcome to the show. Just give us a bit of an introduction to the company.
5: Thanks very much for having us, Jess. Jess, uh, we are Carcer Ireland. Uh, We are a global provider of cleaning solutions. uh, And we've got three different divisions in our business. We've got a consumer division, which is the lovely yellow product that people will be most familiar with. We have a commercial division, uh, which looks after the likes of manufacturing, hospitality, uh, healthcare settings. And then we have a higher division as well. I specifically look after the retail division uh, and within the retail division, we've got cleaning products for inside the house and outside the house.
1: So when my colleague Andrea Gilligan moved into her house, one of her first purchases was one of your devices and it was to try and clear the moss off her patio in the back. and. I I don't know about other people, but I often watch videos on TikTok and YouTube of people cleaning patios and so on using your devices. It's very therapeutic. But can you just explain about the quality of the device and why, you know, getting a quality version of these products is so important rather than some of the alternatives that can sometimes be out there?
5: Yeah. And just, just jump in what you said there, Jess, so therapeutic. therapeutics. The other thing that we've noticed is a lot of people on social media find some of the videos that consumers create or we create that are oddly satisfying as well yeah Uh, it's really interesting to watch you know going from dirty to clean or extracting uh you know the dirt out of your sofa or your mattress using a carpet extractor Um, so it's fascinating it's fascinating that you say that look what stands out for Carshare? look we're a global provider Carter's uh, around since 1935. They're a German product. All our products are engineered in Germany and the majority of them are actually manufactured across Europe. Uh, so we've been doing it for a long time, specifically uh, in relation to Andrea, who, who would have used one of our pressure washers. We're making pressure washers 39 years now. So next year it'll be 40 years. Um, so we've got a lot of experience. Uh, we know what we're doing. Uh, and in relation to our machines, we've got something to suit everyone, whether you know, you're going to be cleaning maybe once a year or you're going to be cleaning every weekend. You might be cleaning your car every weekend and you might be cleaning, you know, your patio, or your decking once a month. So we've got something to suit everyone. Uh, and we're constantly innovating our product range uh, in relation to pressure washers. We're best known for our pressure washers. Um, but over the last sort of 11, 12 years, we've expanded our portfolio. Uh, and again, as I mentioned earlier, we've got items to clean the inside of your house and the outside of your house.
1: Okay, so can you talk us through some of the lineup? Because, you know, when you walk into a store, like I was in Woody's recently and I was looking at the different models that are there. I know some of them are sort of multifunctioning and so on, but how do you best identify what you need and what will be most beneficial to you in your home?
5: So, I, I, look, to, to break it down to its simplest terms is, you know, what's the task at hand? Uh, and then the frequency of how, how, how often are you actually going to use the product? So if we specifically talk about our pressure washers, we've got entry level machines for circa 100 euro, all the way up to circa 700 euro. And again, it's it's, it's based on how frequently you want to want to clean or what task you have at hand. So, for example, um, at the start of the season for spring clean, you may want to clean your patio, your decking. Um and, and you might do it once at the start of the year and you might do it once at the end of the year. But then during that period, you know you want to clean your car yourself every weekend. So again, it just comes down to the frequency of how often and how, how I suppose how much frequency in cleaning you wanna you wanna spend uh with the task that you have at hand.
1: And are all of the machines, all of the power washers, for example, are they all um multi purpose? So could you use One of the power washers to do, you know, your decking or your patio, and wash your car.
5: Yeah. Look, the beauty of it is, you could get our entry level machine for circa one hundred euro, and you could clean, you could clean the car, you could clean the decking, complete the patio. The only difference is, as you go up in our machines, you've either got more power or it's going to be more efficient. So, the higher machines you go up to, you're going to have more pressure, you're going to have more water flow rate, so it's going to get the task done a lot quicker as well um, and again the beauty of some of our other machines from the k4 the k5 and the k7 which would be our more uh, premium level machines uh in those machines you can change the settings so you can have a soft setting a medium setting or a hard setting so a hard setting would be ideal for concrete medium would be ideal for a car and then if you had a soft setting it would be ideal for a delicate item so such as a bicycle or some garden furniture
1: Okay, so again, they are multi-purpose. Uh, as part of Newstalk's big gadget gift guide, which you can watch on YouTube right now if you haven't already seen it, head on over and search for Newstalk. Uh, I got to test out the WD-5. Can you just tell uh, those listening about that particular device?
5: So the WD-5 is one of our wet and dry vacuum cleaners. So it's a multi-purpose cleaner. Um, And the idea of our wet and dry vacuum cleaners is, it picks up wet uh, debris and dry debris. Uh, We like to say it's for items around the home, either inside or outside, that you just wouldn't use your normal vacuum cleaner for. So it's kind of for those more tough tasks, ideal for cleaning cars, uh, sheds, garden debris, uh, cleans out your gutters, um, but you can also use it inside as well. So for example, if you were unfortunate to have uh, a leak which uh, your washing machine, it would also be ideal for picking up wet liquid as well. Uh, and hence why uh, it's actually probably one of my braver products right now. I've been using mine for maybe the last nine, 10 months. Uh, and I spent the majority of the time in the garden. But this year, the gutters were in a really bad state. Uh, and, and I got some that they were at that point that they were kind of sludgy. So a mixture of wet and dry materials that had nearly started to compost. So it was excellent for clearing out the gutters.
1: What's the difference between the five and the four in that range?
5: So in, in the range, we actually have a number of different models. So we have a two, three, four, five, and six. So again, we've got something to suit every price point. And again, in relation to the frequency of the task, yes, um, depends on, on which model you might want. And as you go up in models, there's extra features and benefits. So on the likes of the five, it also has a blower function. So for example, during the autumn, as the leaves start to fall, rather than using a blow vac you could also use your wet and dry vacuum cleaner to blow all the leaves up in one area and then you would switch function to be able to vacuum back up into the into the uh, cylinder as well so it's it's very multifunctional
1: the the demand for these products i'm sure went through the roof during the pandemic when a lot of people sort of tackled projects in their homes that maybe they put off how do you find the customer interaction in terms of questions asked or feedback? And that does that dictate the extra features that will come out on the 7, for example, or the next iteration of a product?
5: So if we go back just a bit in, in relation to the pandemic, as a business, we were extremely lucky uh, on two fronts. One was we were able to provide cleaning uh, equipment to uh, businesses that needed to stay open as an essential service. Uh, on our professional side and on the other side of it in relation to to the retail product with the amount of people you know at home uh, whether they were uh, isolating or staying within their two kilometer five kilometer limits they were looking for things to do Uh, and and we were lucky as a business that we had products that you know got people into the back garden uh, to be able to clean up or clean you know some of the tasks that they had been putting off as you said rightly Um, and again what we've seen then in, in relation to, I suppose, people working from home, uh, people are spending more time at home. So they're, they're cleaning, they're, they want their environment, you know, if they're working from home, to be a nice clean environment as well. Um, and, and I suppose as the business, you know, we've, we've, we've changed uh, and we've shown innovation during that period. So for example, uh, one of our products uh, is a steam cleaner. So our steam cleaners uh, are chemical free, uh, only use water. So again, that's a selling point. But our steam cleaners uh, killed 99.9% of bacteria. And at the outset of the coronavirus, we sent off our machines to be tested in independent lab- laboratories. Uh, and they actually came back that they also kill 99.9% uh, of enveloped viruses, such as coronavirus. So again, that was something as a business we were able to move and we were able to comment about and promote as part of our product range. Um, but look, there's there's constant innovation in character in, in relation to what's next. Um, we've got, look, I suppose 90% of the machines that we're selling uh, currently are only five years old. Um, and as a business in Germany, we've got over 600 uh, patents at the moment. Uh, and we, we come out with about 100 new products every single year. So we're constantly innovating. Um, And again, looking for feedback, whether it's from our our retail partners or our customers who actually use the products and are advocates of the uh, brand as well.
1: It's great, dear, that the innovation is continuing. As I said, I've been very impressed with the WD5, which I was testing over the last number of weeks. And I'm sure Andrea Gilligan would give a gold star to the power power washer that got her garden looking fabulous last summer. Lee, it's been a pleasure to chat to you and to hear more about the company. Thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk.
5: Thank you so much, Jess.
1: And that's it for this week. Uh, John Fardy's up next with Screen Time. But I'm going to be back next Saturday, Christmas Eve, with part one of a two-part special looking at cybersecurity in Ireland. Uh, October was cybersecurity month. So I went out and I met the two bodies that are tackling these issues every single day here in Ireland one is the National cyber Security Center and the other is the Garda National Cybercrime Bureau. They do remarkable work and very often we don't hear about it uh, because they only really come to the fore when something goes awry. So part one of this two-part special will go out on Christmas Eve and then part two will go out on New Year's Eve and you'll get to hear about what they do, how they track down these cybercriminals, but also what it was like tackling that very, very famous uh, ransomware attack on the HSC. So I do hope you'll join me for that next week. But in the meantime, happy shopping. Enjoy getting the last few bits ready for Christmas and I'll chat to you next week.